0: The following is a hockey podcast out of Vancouver and Surrey, British Columbia. It'll only consist of a lot of pup talk and even more BS, or in actual words, banter and satire. Enjoy and as always, go Canucks go. Your Vancouver Canucks lose to the Columbus Blue Jackets, but who cares? I don't. Casey DeSmith, really, really good once again. Andre Kuzmenko. Something happened that made me think a lot about Andre Kuzmenko. We'll talk about all that and some more and your comments for real. You guys got to leave the show today. I know Trevor again on this episode of Locked On Canucks. Your Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Locked On Canucks. My name is Kyle Bowen, but more importantly, this show right here is that show, man, with the West Coast bias, man, brought to you by Locked On. And the Dontos Art Lab, man, none of this is possible without this seat right here, okay? Shout out to Dontos. Again, home of the West Coast buys. And this episode is also, also brought to you empowered by FanDuel, okay? Locked on, FanDuel, good friends. The Packers, Cowboys, not good friends. But man, oh, man, let's, let's win you some money. FanDuel locked on. I'm pretty sure you'll get what? $150 in bonus bets when you drop $5 on FanDuel? More on that later. Man, oh, man. A lot happening in my life, your life. And for the players of the Vancouver Canucks, that was, that was something else. That seven-game road trip was something else. And look at the way it ended against two crappy teams, two bad teams, two teams who have to give a lot more to their fan bases. And maybe that's a little strong of me to say because I feel as if we just got here. Right, The Canucks are good again. You and I and you and I and you and I are feeling like ourselves again. And it's mainly because of the hockey team, and here I am already uh, demanding that other teams do it for their fan bases. Uh, we just got here. This all being said, we know it. We know it. We can hear it. The Blue Jackets—they've had good fans for a long time. They are not Arizona. They're ten times what Arizona is, and I feel as if year after year after year, they just kind of get the worst. There was that stress there a couple of years ago where they were kind of relevant, but for the most part. They've been really, really bad. Anywho, we went into Columbus after barely leaving Buffalo. I mean, look at this, okay? It is Wallach right? They got into Buffalo about, what, 12 and a half hours prior to the game. So the pace in the beginning and the blah, 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 everything was just off. They, they, they got drained. The we just brought up the pace of the game, the beginning of the game. The Canucks were on them. The Canucks could have scored maybe three or four goals. But after they didn't... The game kind of died. Their momentum, their energy. And because they were playing a really, really bad team, they were still able to lead in multiple times throughout the game. But ultimately lose in overtime. So, again, the Columbus Blue Jackets. And who was the guy who scored the goals for Columbus? Who was that guy? Anyone see this guy's shootout goal? That was swaggy. Speaking of swaggy, look at the way Elvis, the goaltender for Columbus, celebrated after you stopped Pew Suter on the last shot. This guy won the Stanley Cup. I think the stanchion tweeted that out. That made me laugh. That guy was celebrating hard. The Vancouver Canucks and their players have never celebrated that hard after a win. And they've won many times this season. And there was Elvis, again, winning the Stanley Cup. This all being said, I'm not... I'm not going to do two things, okay? A, this is Kyle Baum. This is Locked on Canucks. We're not going to go through the box score. We're not going to go through all the details. I'm just going to go through my feelings. And I'm feeling be okay with the loss. And that's that's maturity, okay? That's being 30 and, a half year old, 30 and a half years old. Again, that's maturity. I've come a long way. And I think this team has deserved the benefit of the doubt. And I'm not spewing out any negativity towards that team. Uh, let, let's start by talking about Casey DeSmith, though, right? Casey DeSmith. That guy was something else today. He was too fun to watch. He was the best Canuck again. I feel like we've said that for 80% of this guy starts. He's looked really, really good. Such a big reason why the Canucks are where they are in their standings. They're backup goaltender. It's like we've learned again that that's such a key to all of this. And not just having a good backup goaltender. I'm talking about having somebody who could be a starter. For maybe seven other teams. And I know the rules are different. Who knows what the, the pressure entails, right? When you're a number one goaltender. Maybe Casey DeSmith is the perfect number two goalie. He's found his good spot. He can only be a great backup. He can't be a good starter. But again, there is a crop of teams who would do a lot. To get Casey DeSmith. And this version of him in their lineup. I feel like the Oilers would want Casey to Smith. What an unreal get for Patrick Alvin. Is that his best trade since being named GM? That and Philip Ronick? Because that was a, well, I guess both those trades. So much so much so a surprise. So much so WTF. How'd that happen? Why'd that happened? Really, he was available? It gave you that feeling. And with Casey DeSmith and the Tanner Pearson trade and the draft pick that also went to Montreal, I wouldn't say there was a lot of skepticism, but there was not a lot of expectations. I mean, sure, he would beat the backup and allow Silovs to groom more, right? They could get rid of Martin, blah, blah, blah. but. Making that trade and looking back at it, I'm just thinking of him as a, a backup. A backup goaltender, an NHLer. I didn't know he was going to be one of the best goaltenders in hockey this late into the season. And I know that's saying a lot, but look look at his numbers. I think 7, 4, and 2. No, no, 7, 3, and 2. How many saves did he have today? Over 40? I know he let in... I would say, you know, maybe one not perfect goal. But it still fe- it still felt, man. Like this guy just this guy just did the most. How impressive has Casey DeSmith been? Is he the biggest asset this team has grabbed? Hey, is he impossible to bring back? <laughs> Cause I think so. I think so. I feel as if Casey DeSmith He's probably looking for term after a season like this. At least two years, at least three years. Do the Canucks, hey, give that to him? Can they give that to him with Silov's waiting to get some NHL experience too? How does that work? Casey DeSmith, big time goaltender for your Vancouver Canucks. Let's get to some of these comments, okay? The people, man, doing the most for Locked On, man. Shout out to all the new subscribers, all the new love. Again, I know the people at Locked On appreciate it. Man, oh, man, the Donto's Art Lab. The Donto's Art Lab, man. We Again, sometimes I feel like we invented the West Coast bias. We love that ish, okay? Anywho, Japan with the comment, okay? Uh, we don't play great in these early games, but end a long road trip at 5-1-1. One, one. Yeah, man, I feel as if this game was at the end of the day, probably the hardest to win out of all those games, and that's because of the opponent and the possible underestimating, because, you know, we're all humans at the end of the day, and this is a long road trip, and that's the that's the team you face at the end of it versus the teams you faced prior, and that's also the game you got to play at 10 in the morning. It was going to be a difficult one, and even at 64%, the Canucks were an inch away from winning this game at various points throughout it, including an overtime where this team got a power play. And Pedersen, man, you know it's bad when Pedersen is taking a tripping penalty. Team was tired, man. 5-1-1 is damn impressive. Being resilient again. After some question, right? You lose to Philadelphia. Some question. You lose to St. Louis. What's going on? I told you, regression, regression is happening. Look at the percentages. Look at the math. This is when they fall off. What do they do after losing to St. Louis? They went 5-6. They go five zero and one They prove once again that they're just uber resilient, and that's, that's the hope you need, man, going the rest of the way. You know, I think some Canucks fans, maybe I'm just talking to myself, but you still get, like, that feeling of being a little a little worried. That this is not completely real, right? That this is going to fall off. This can't be true. This is a turnaround for the history books. But then again, time and time again, this crop of players prove that they ultimately find the winning equation efficiently, okay? And they're also led by the most all-stars in the NHL. You know what? Maybe on the other side. We'll talk more about Philip Peronic, okay? Could, could the Canucks have gotten an extra guy in there, thus bringing the big six to the national stage? And I'm sure the big six is going to be talked about this Saturday when we face the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs on game two of that, that homestand, right? Philip Peronic, More on him in a couple minutes, and we'll also talk about Andre Kuzmenko as well. But, yo, we got to shout out FanDuel, man. I hope that y'all put some money on the Green Bay Packers, man. You're listening to Locked on Canucks. People, 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 the NFL playoffs are here. Uh, Did you see what Jordan Love did yesterday against the Dallas Cowboys? Did he put money on the Packers? And did he use FanDuel to do so? I think you got to do that, okay? Get in on the action in the playoffs with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get what? $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That is that is multiplication at its finest, okay? That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. FanDuel, it is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to play, like same-game parlays. You, you can find new bets in the new Explore tab, and what? Uh, what's a parlay hub? Uh, you can make a parlay in the parlay hub the best way to find popular parlays and more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup or a touchdown or an ass kicking. The Green Bay Packers, man, did what to Dallas? Watch the highlights. Anywho, FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. We back, we back on Locked on Canucks. My name is Kyle Bowen. That right there is not Trevor Beggs, okay? Becoming more and more of a true professional in this field, man. Beggs, one of the hardest-working guys I know, and uh, he's got a family. So I'm not going to call him out or anything like that, but I, I, I know for sure that this guy did not take extended bathroom breaks to squeak in the game, okay? He didn't risk his job to watch some Canucks hockey at 10 in the morning on a Monday on the west coast, the best coast of Canada, okay? He didn't do the same thing that you might've done. Cause again, he's a family man, family first, it is what it is. I do wonder though, how many people, how many people today spent 30 minutes in the washroom during their day job from the time of what? 10 o'clock to 1230. How many people were watching the game recreationally at work, right? It's 2024, people are nicer, right? Watching the game is part of the self-care routine. Look, Fortune 500 companies, they're doing yoga prior to their lunch break, okay? Not at lunch, at their workplace. Why? Because self-care makes you more efficient. Maybe, maybe the people on the West Coast, the best coast of Canada, should should start doing that for their employees because more of us on this side of the world are gonna, you know, slowly join us and become addicted to everything Vancouver Canucks. Because this season is different. Wallach, man, he says that this season feels different as well. The worry and the resilience is a combination that's, again, always at an odds, right? Because you don't know if this is real. Like you're worrying, and then, again, the Canucks just do the most, right? They pick up a dub. It, even little things like this, right? You, you, you think about the game against Buffalo. The lotto line picks up no points. And what, what did they do today? Four points combined. Looked pretty good in the first period. They got tired, too, in the second half of the game. But even they, put the numbers up, were quote-unquote resilient. Doing the most. I think this team is finding more and more ways to be resilient this time around. Again, this season is different for a lot of reasons. And one of the reasons I think that we don't talk about enough, because I think Quinn Hughes is so elite and is – a, taking away some of the shine slash also used as a point of leverage in the argument that Philip Ronick is being prompted up by Quinn Hughes. Like, he's not that good. He's just this good because of Quinn Hughes when I've been saying this day after day after day after day for you and you and you and you. Because I think there's so much truth to this, right? <laughs> for real. Maybe Quinn Hughes is so good this year because of Philip Ronick. And not just because Philip Peronik is such a grand upgrade over Luke Shen and Ethan Bear and Noah Juleson, the other guys, Quinn Hughes, was playing with. Maybe because Philip Peronik is one of the best 20 defensemen in hockey. And if not... In the top 20, maybe he's in the top 25. And if he's not in the, in the top 25, maybe he's in the top 17. You got, you got what I'm saying? He's been really good. For almost two full seasons. That's just the truth. I've been so impressed, especially recently, from what I've seen from Philip Peronic. And I think prior to this recency bias... That I've consumed with Philip. Trevor Beggs, man. Again, you may not believe this. He is the darkest guy on the program. Look at us. Go to a prior episode. Tell me who's the darkest guy. On the show after watching us. It's Beggsine. He was a demanding. That Quinn Hughes and Philip Peronic Get split up. Who didn't agree with that? I didn't agree with that. Why? Because I'm poised. I'm calm. I'm confident. I also don't got an ego. Trevor Beggs, how, how do you think you know more than Philip Horonic and Quinn Hughes after what they showed you in October, and November? You got to keep those guys together. Also, Trevor Beggs constantly saying, man, now I'm paraphrasing here, okay? I'm putting words in his mouth, but he was practically saying, dude, it's okay that Philip Horonic has watered down, has started to struggle, you know? And maybe we'll start saving millions off that next contract. Maybe he's not a seven and a $8 million per year defenseman, okay? It's a good thing. He's really this guy at 5.75, a 6.25 per year type of defenseman. And not only was Trevor saying that, I feel as if a lot of other people were saying that as well. We got to wait to see what this guy does without Quinn Hughes. We got to, we we can't expect this guy to get paid $8 million, blah, blah, blah. Look, I want the best for Philip Ronick. He is the number two defenseman on your Vancouver Canucks. He may be a top 20 defenseman on the Vancouver uh, uh, in the NHL. And I want the best out of him. And if that's the case, if he plays at a top tier level constantly, <laughs> like it or not, even though you should be loving it, bruh, he's probably a seven and a half to an $8 million defenseman, which is scary, but also. A beautiful thing. Now, let's say he plays 10 years with the Canucks. I have no doubt in my mind that he's at the end of that 10 year metaphorical sphere that I just created. He's probably a top two, top three Canucks defenseman of all time. He's really, really good. What an ad. What an ad, and what an addition to Quinn Hughes' game. I thought he had a really, really strong road trip. He looked good the last two games. Um, I actually kind of called him out in Buffalo, and then I realized the beautiful play he did make. No, 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 he, I called him out during the Pittsburgh game. I'm sorry. Didn't think he was that strong. I thought, you know, again, the, the second half of that Pittsburgh game, the Canucks looked a little tired, and they were getting pinned against another team full of superstars, albeit older superstars nonetheless. And I didn't think Philip ronick had the perfect game, but then when you break down what he did on the Patterson OT goal, that was, that was smooth, that was clean, and that was also resilient. Uh, uh, Philip ronick this season, has been ridiculed sometimes for his play on odd man rushes. And I feel as if he cleaned that up multiple times throughout this road trip. What a player. Let's get to the comments, okay? G. Ellis, Quinn Hughes is getting less than 8 million, thus making what? Haronic uneligible to make more than Quinn Hughes or, you know, make seven and a half plus? I get the uh I get where that's coming from, but that that deal that Quinn Hughes signed was a, a steal and signed quite quite a long time ago. Philip Ronick is an expensive defenseman. Philip Peronik is a really good defenseman. Philip Peronik makes you a winner. It's okay to pay Philip Peronik a lot of money. Look, I think when we're bringing up things like this, right? Shout out to GLA. Shout out to everyone again watching. One love to all the listeners and the viewers. Giala is bringing up the whole, again, you can't pay. You can't pay another defenseman more than Quinn Hughes. Some people were talking about this with Miller too. I think Don Taylor was saying it, right? He said something amongst the lines of, how can you pay Pedersen more than $8 million if J.T. Miller's making $8 million, right? And it kind of does circle back to Elias Pedersen. I think even though I've been open about <clears throat> him making whatever he wants, okay? I think he's worth the most. It's hard to overpay for guys like that. He changes the game. He's a game-breaker. One love to Pedersen. He shifts culture. Just stay. Just stay in Vancouver. I'm taking the easy route. And then we got some smarter people talking about how, you know, he should maybe make less so he can set the tone for future contracts. Like, let's say he takes less on this deal, whatever this deal is. Well, what if he takes a million less? What if he takes 1.5 less per? Does he set the tone for the rest of the organization to kind of move in the same way where if you're a Vancouver Canuck, you're team first outside of what you do on the ice. Like, we're moving – what's the saying? We're standing on business also, okay? In all regards, you're playing the team game. In the books, we're playing the team game. If Pedersen does that, prior to Philip Peronik also signing an extension, I think we can save some money on Philip Peronik's deal. That's just the truth. You know how I said Pedersen is the one that shifts culture. Look at the way he competes. Look at the way – he exudes effort on every shift. Uh, look at the way he's, he's displaying brilliance, execution. He's an assassin, one of the most highly skilled players on your team, also being one of the hardest working players in the league. He sets the culture on the ice. Maybe he sets the culture off the ice too. Like, yo, if you come into Vancouver know that it's not about you. It's not about you first. It's not about your goals first. It's about getting this cup and, again, standing on business. Let's talk about Kuzmenko, okay? At the end of the, at the, end of the day, we, we got to bring it up because something happened during the game that made me think a little, I wouldn't say pessimistic, but uh, something just happened in my heart. And, again, this is not a box score show uh, on the post game show. This is just feelings, okay? And I want to talk about Kuzmenko. Maybe you can help me out with my feelings of uh, a first we gotta shout out our friends, okay? Not only are the people at the Locked On Podcast Network our friends, uh, we have friends at Game Time as well. Uh, okay, people, I gotta be honest with you, okay? Uh, look at the numbers, numbers don't lie. And it's not about the numbers, but hey, uh, Locked On Canucks is still growing. And because it's still growing, I can't shell out the tickets or shell out the money for tickets unless I'm using Game Time, okay? It's just the truth, Game Time is the place to go when you're looking for last minute deals and you're trying to save some money, okay? Uh, you shouldn't have to worry when you have to buy tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets to all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you with killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets, okay? Last minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals. Uh, what are those? Go check out the Game Time app. It does a lot for you, it makes going to the game. Not only desirable, but simpler. Game time, man—they working for you. They on your team. It's just the truth. Game time is the only ticketing app that gives you a complete peace of mind with your purchase. Buy tickets in what seconds with two taps. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. What? An hour after it starts? Again, last minute deals on Game Time. Download the Game Time app account and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again. Crain account and redeem code LockedOn. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. We back, we back on another episode of Locked on Canucks. My name is Kyle Bowen, and that right there, again, is not Trevor Bags being the second best dad in the world. He will be back tomorrow. And I, I know he's itching, man. He's itching to get some Canucks talk off his chest. I think he, I think he gets a low-key jealous, man. I think he's getting low-key jealous of the fact that I'm only talking to you and you and you and you and you. And you. Again, we're so, uh, we're so privileged to be doing this. I, I can only imagine how Trevor Bags is feeling from missing out on his dream, man, his dream. You know, his dream's been for years and years and years. Decades, we, we've been around for three decades, decades and decades to talk about the Vancouver Canucks with again, you. Shout out to the city. Look at this, man. Look at this, G Ellis, one of the best commenters on the show, okay, always providing insight and making me a better person. Rutherford and Alvin should start preaching about winning the cup. And everyone on the team will take discounts going forward. Money isn't everything. Look, money is not everything. That's the truth. But we don't know what these guys want to buy. You know what I'm saying? We don't know their dreams. We don't know uh, what, their, uh, what their goals are. What, like, what if Pedersen wants to make more money because he wants to invest in gumballs? Okay? Maybe this guy wants to open up more Ikeas. I don't know. We don't know his dreams. His you get what I'm saying? It is what it is. But I think Pedersen, again, he's an assassin, right? This guy's a smart guy. He knows how to do calculations on the ice. You best believe he knows how to do calculations in the hockey world off the ice. He knows that if he takes less, the team will be better. And if he takes less, other players will take less and thus make the ability to be a better team moving forward consistently more possible. Like He knows that. We know that he knows that too. And it's okay that he may need some more convincing because, you know, what's happening right now, it's like game 43, game 42, you do the math, I'm just Kyle Bowen. It's still early, man. It's still so early. And we say it all the time, right? These games don't matter. Like when you're really good and your dreams are somewhere else and you're thinking about the Stanley Cup, I'm sorry, game 43 is not memorable. That's why I keep asking the question, man. How many rounds of playoff hockey does this team have to win in order to get to a point where Pedersen is like, yeah, this team's a winner. I'm going to take less, so we can build uh well, What's the word the kids are saying? A wagon, right? Or a train. I think they got to get to the Western Conference Finals, man. I think the city's got to get loud. I think the city's got to be inches away from destiny for him to feel that feeling. Actually, you know what? I just lied to you, man. I just lied to you because I'm just talking out loud. Remember, this is a feeling show, and we'll get to Kuzmenko very soon. But maybe, maybe just maybe he signs a contract extension after game one of round one because he's never even experienced that, and that's the best coast, the west coast of Canada, packing up that building. Rogers Arena for a playoff game. Wait, wait till he feels that. Maybe in that very moment, it'll all make sense. And ironically, he will make less sense on that contract. <clears throat> okay, let's talk about Kuzmenko. I think it does relate to the playoffs. There's my segue. There was a moment in overtime two on one with Pedersen. And Kuzmango fumbles the puck. Maybe it was a bad pass. I don't know. On the second half of that two-on-one. And next thing you know, there's no goal. In fact, the play continues, and he dominates with the puck after finding it in the corner and gets another great chance. And that great chance does not lead to a goal. And then he gets a shot at breaking the ice during the shootout, and he looks boring. Doesn't get the job done. Doesn't find the back of the net. And I think Jeff Patterson brought this up. I don't know if it's true, man. I'm not calling him a liar. This stat this, just seems so ridiculous that somebody's got to do the research. But he was, saying that, he was saying that Kuzmenko hasn't picked up an assist in a game since that Islanders game. Is that correct? That can't be right. That can't be right. Can somebody check that? Am I saying it wrong? And maybe I am wrong and saying it wrong, but man, oh man, this guy cannot have more than five or six points since the top of December. Like he's probably at five or probably at six. He can't have more than that. And that is a problem. I think that second line has been fine. I was about to say. Has been a 5 out of 10. I I didn't want to be harsh. So I used fine. But I think I'm going to actually use that. Okay. They've been like 5 out of 10. Very average. I think they've generated some chances. But chances are only so exciting. When you're in the quote unquote top 6. Right. That's just the truth. These guys got to bury. Mikhail, no goals in 11 now. Pia Suter kind of slowed down. Still doing the most. Still really, really good defensively. And Kuzmenko, man, you got to bury on your chances. Aaron Phillip being nice. Again, I brought this up. He's talking about 96, fumbling the pass, but he did really well after that to create offense. I think that they had two shots off that blah, blah, blah. Okay, I know. I know Kuzmenko, he hustled. He worked hard to get that puck back. Did the most. Generated another chance. Almost scored a goal. This this narrative, this spiel that I'm having with you right now wouldn't exist, okay? Well, we'd be in a different simulation, but the fact of the matter is he didn't score. That would have been huge. Now, maybe I should look at this the other way, okay? Maybe he takes what he did in overtime and some of that pizzazz and brings it against Arizona on Thursday. And if he does that, maybe he does that on primetime on Saturday against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Look, I want to beat the Maple Leafs. I want to kick their ass. Straight up. Straight up. I want Brock Bester scoring a hat trick. I want to shut down Austin Matthews. I want to also create that separation completely away from the Toronto Maple Leafs because I feel as if they're still in that bracket with the Jets and the Canucks. I'm going to stay away from them. And we can do that on primetime. And I do believe we played a pretty horrible game against them sometime in November, right? I watched that at Tap House, man. I was at Tap House with the homies. There are some people watching the BC Lions playoff game too, and there's this old guy, this really old guy who got so drunk, he stumbled and almost hit his head against the, the ledge. And almost He almost died. It was crazy. I don't know people got that wild at a BC Lions game at Taphouse, you know? Something else. Let's get to the comments. Andy Gill, Kyle is such a cutie. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't even know if I'm like, okay, you know what? Thanks, man. Accepting that love, you know? Remember, last week my girlfriend gave me a hug from behind. Looked at the top of my head. I'll show you the top of my head. I'll show you what I'm working with. Let's go. Let's go. We we open here. Look at this. My girlfriend came up to me, hugged me from behind, and called out my bald spot at the top of my head, okay? So that compliment from Andy, thank you, brother. We got to look out for each other, right? You got to look out for your neighbors, your brothers. How about this comment? Callum. Callum Sandu. Uh, did you even notice Boone Jenner this morning? Do you think he would be a good fit for the Vancouver Canucks? I think Boone Jenner alongside Patrick Line and Zach Renski were all hurt. How the hell did we lose to this team, man? How did we lose to the Blue Jackets? I'll tell you why, yo. Because they just flew into Columbus, what, 12 hours ago? Or they like were driving around country to country, flying from different airports just to play this game at 10 in the morning? And they were stuck in a snow snowstorm in Buffalo? thus causing all these issues, look, that is depressing, okay? Imagine being in Buffalo during a snowstorm. Buffalo. Crazy, man. Today was a tough game. It was a tougher game than the one against the New York Rangers. Just the truth. How about this comment? Junior, I've been trolling Toronto large the last week in the comments on their channels. Look at this guy. That's how how you got to do it. You got to have that spirit. You got to have that confidence. And you know, I brought it up twenty minutes ago, and maybe we'll end on this note. you know sometimes the worry is still within me, you know, I, like the trauma, the is this real? Is this real? And then right away, the Canucks do the most to swing me swing me back and bring me back on this delusion and this course that is geared towards the Stanley Cup. And junior, I feel as if this guy constantly has that swagger, okay? he doesn't have he doesn't have the uh, the amount of strength that I do, okay? my my level of strength is low, and junior strength is high. He's able to keep it together the whole time. And he's not scared of nobody. He's not scared of whoever we're going to face in the Stanley Cup Finals. And he best believe, and I got to say this every time at the end of episodes, he's not scared of the Edmonton Oilers. I know we ended them months ago. Talked a lot of ish, okay? And now they're back. And now there's a 50% chance that we're going to be there with them in the playoffs. It's going to be heaty, right? Very heaty Hockey night in Canada every night during that series. And the narratives are going to be out. And the assumptions. I think the regression talk and all that jazz will be brought back up. And then you got to take the regression and face off against Connor McDavid and blah blah blah. Look, the Vancouver Canucks. Those those men rocking those jerseys, representing your city, your favorite team. Again, they're doing the most. They're playing their hardest. They're bringing it together. They're peaking, and they're going to peak some more. And they're saying all the right things. And they're competing and. Again, they're bringing you the juice. They deserve that arrogance, that confidence, that understanding that, yo, we're actually good. And a first-place team is not going to be scared or concerned about what they got to do against the team they play in the first round of the playoffs. Look, it's going to be a challenge, but th- we got we to send that confidence to the boys, okay? Not be worried of the Edmonton Oilers. Anyways, my name, Kyle Bowne, K-Y-L-E-B-H-A-W-A-N. Shout out to all the people watching this. The, Col- the Columbus Blue Jackets. Somehow without Line A. Wier- Wier- Boone Jenner beat the elite Vancouver Canucks. It is what it is. Good morning. Good afternoon. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's tough to do this job sometimes. Seven-game road trip. 5-1-1. One, one. After a snowstorm, this loss was inevitable. Shout out to Casey DeSmith. Played an unbelievable game. What an asset. What an acquisition. Shout out to Patrick Alvin and shout out to you and you and you and you and you and you and 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 FanDuel and GameTime and the people at the Locked On Podcast Network. Have a good morning, a good afternoon, a good night. I don't know when you're listening to this, but hey, I'll see you tomorrow. Peace. Your Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.